daf vov amud beis. Self mastery means caring. Kiyav erish. Today we will see a little further how the opening idea that we had in the opening shear of Seder Nezikin, that Nezikin is the interface of character and faith, the interface between Halacha and Musa, the interface between Yerushamayim and Shmirat Halacha. It's that, it's that interface. It's not one or the other. It's not about the technical Halachot and it's not about Yerushamayim. And that's why if one wants to be a Chosid, Rav Yehuda taught us, this is, the, this is what to learn. We'll see n- not only how it works in, in Bovekama, but we'll see how that principle resolves very difficult issues in Bovekama. Today we'll understand a very difficult posuk, which is made more difficult by Rabbi Akiva, which is made even more difficult by the Rosh. With the help of the Nitziv and this principle, we'll be able to understand. Let's have a look at it. The Shir is, is dedicated by Rabbi Israel Meir ben Nechama Herbst. Rav Herbst is a big Talmud Chochem in New York. He's also a graduate of Columbia Business School. He's the son-in-law of Rav Twersky from, from Chicago and has been an avid follower of, of the Matmonim since he, since he discovered them uh, and has sent me some beautiful comments and, and additions. May he and his family experience success in all they do. His name is so beautiful for today. Israel Meir Ben Nechom. May the Rebbein bring light to Israel, and there should be a Nechomah for those who've suffered during this time. What a name to, to dedicate a shir to. Okay, the Posuk. So you remember that in the Gittin and Kiddushin, we spent almost all the time in two Mesechtas on one Posuk in the, in the Torah. Here, this is one of the, for Bovekama, this is one of the key Psukim. In Mishpotim, ki yav er ish sadeh If a person destroys the field, a field or a vineyard, v'shilach et bi'iro, by sending his cattle, uvi er bisteacher, who land up grazing in the field of another, meitav sadeu meitav karmo yishalem, he should pay using the best of his fields and his vineyards. What does that mean? Says Rashi. He sends his cattle to graze in other people's fields. Either by the actual sending, in other words, the animal tramples on the fields, or the animal eats the fields and consumes the fields. That's Shane and Regal, two elements of Shor. There are three dimensions to Shor, to the, the, the Nezek of, of an ox. He can damage... Unusually, but still does so with his horns, he can gore, and he's completely natural. It's completely natural for him to damage by trampling and by grazing. Rashi. wouldn't really think it's necessary for Rashi to emphasize this. This is the field belonging to another person. Of course, what would we think? It's one of his fields, another field of his. Of course, it's a field belonging to another person. Why is Rashi emphasizing that? What does that mean? Rashi brings a conclusion of our Gemara. Shamin etanezek. So let's say he found, lands up, he's, he's obligated to pay a certain amount of damages. He, he messed up an entire field. He's got to pay thousands and thousands of dollars of damages. And he hasn't got cash. So we, then we take his property. If he wants to pay his debt of damages using property, 
he's got to realize the value of the best of his properties. If he's got a property in, in Arkansas and he's got a property in Baltimore and he's got a property in New York City, he can't say, well, I'll sell the one in Arkansas. Uh -uh. You sell the one in New York City. Why? He's going to pay the right amount of money. Who cares how he realizes the cash? There's an important global principle here. There's another cosmic principle. Yesterday we learned a cosmic principle about how bad thoughts can bounce back onto a person. There's a limetchakosuv. The Torah is teaching you a cosmic principle. Shahanizakin shamin lahem beidis. Really, that's a cosmic principle that when you pay damages, it's got to be paid from the best of your property. Now let's go into our Gemara. So the Gemara is on this possible. Meitav Sadeo, Meitav Kama Yishalem. Meitav Sadeo Shil Nizak. How do you evaluate? Do you use the field of the Nizak? Now in Boba Kama, you've got to get these terms very, very clear. So you never have to even think about translating them. Nizak is the one who is damaged. Mazik is the one who causes the damage. Oh, and Mazik is the, is, is the peel, is the one who causes the damage. Nizak is the nifal, is the passive one who is damaged. Does this mean you use the property of the Nizak or of the Mazik to calculate the damage? Rabbi Yishmoel says the Nizak. Rabbi Akiva, strange wording of Rabbi Akiva. Altogether, this piece of Gemara requires a lot of understanding. The Pesach only comes to tell you that you've got to, you've, you use the, the New York property, the best of the properties. Rabbi Shmuel, are you telling me that you've always got to calculate according to the property of the Nizak? That means if the, if the animal destroyed the field in Arkansas, you've got to evaluate the damage as if he destroyed a vegetable patch in New York City? Does that make sense? That's not fair. The Gemara goes backwards and forwards. The Gemara rejects that. And eventually the Gemara says, What is the case here? This machlik is Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmuel. These two views of Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmuel. What are we talking about? These two people have different categories of property. The Nizak has a property in Arkansas and he has a property in Baltimore. The Arkansas one is, is more Ziburit. Now, what is the difference between Ziburit and Edith? The difference is in terms of liquidity. So an, a property in New York is more liquid than a property in Arkansas. That's the difference. At the end of the day, they're worth the same. We're not talking about quantitative value. If the damage was $10,000, he's going to get $10,000 worth of property, whether it's from New York or from Arkansas. But he would rather get from New York because the, a New York property is more liquid than a property in Arkansas. And that's the Dean of Edis. So what happens if the Nizak has a property in Arkansas and Baltimore, and the Mazik has a property in Baltimore and New York City? So now, do you say it's as if the animal ate the, the field in Baltimore, and we've got to calculate that way? Or do we say, no, you go by the, by the Mazik's property? And we, we'll focus on Rabbi Akiva, and that's how, how the halacha is. That even if the damage was caused in, maybe even Arkansas, he's got a property in the downtown Little Rock, right near Walmart, and he's got another property out in the, in the sticks in, in Arkansas. His property is all in Arkansas. It is, it's all in Arkansas. The Mazik has got property in New York, and Toronto, and Los Angeles, 
And now we've got to pay using the, the idis, the most liquid property of the mazik. You've got a little peasant in Arkansas. You've got a, a, a Paul Reichman in Toronto. And, now, and, and Paul Reichman's cow ate some of the field of the, of the peasant in Arkansas. We'll use Paul Reichman's best property in Canary Wharf in London. That's where we'll cut. Why? What's it got to do with the little peasant in Arkansas? So the posuk is difficult, where the posuk says metav sadeh. Why is this so important, metav sadeh? What's important is I cause damage, I pay for the damage. Who cares where the money comes from? Who cares what asset I realize to pay for the damages? We see this an element in the source of the money. Where is the money coming from? What is the source of the money? If you're not paying, cash is the best, because then he can do what he wants with the cash. But if you're giving him property, it's got to be idis. Why? Comes the Gemara, comes Rabbi Akiva and says, and it's with the mazik shaymina. It's, you, you use the scale of the mazik, of the he who caused the damage, who might be the billionaire, and not the scale of the, of the nizak, who might be a peasant. Why? These things just don't make sense. This is the kind of Gomorrah that I, I literally didn't sleep last night, literally, because you, you learn this Gomorrah and how can you sleep? I mean, it makes no sense. The, 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 it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make moral sense. It doesn't make ethical sense. It doesn't make philosophic sense. It doesn't make legal sense. And it's a posuk in the Torah. How can you go to sleep believing there's a posuk in the Torah? That is absurd. So you learn the Gomorrah. Huh? The Gemara is even more absurd. So you learn the Rosh. Says the Rosh, what happens? An interesting case the Rosh brings. So now the Nizak has got his two properties in Arkansas. And the Mazik, yes, he's got something in New York, but he's also got a medium property in Baltimore and he's got property also in Arkansas. He's got all three. If he would pay with the property from Baltimore, wouldn't that be like it is for the, for the peasant in Arkansas? My goodness, I've got a property in downtown Baltimore. Whoever dreamed I would have such a thing? He should be delighted. No, says the Rosh. There's a day that says, You've still got to pay from your, from your property in New York. Baltimore's not good enough. Even, even more crazy. Another reason not to sleep at night. How can one learn this without, without stopping and saying, I need to understand? How can you turn the next stuff the next day? How do you do that? I don't understand how you do that. If it was philosophy or history or literature, it's fine. You turn the next stuff. Who cares? It's absurd. It's okay. It's art. But this isn't art. This is Torah's MS. How can you turn the page on Torah's MS when it doesn't seem like MS? It seems like craziness. Says the Nativ, the Nativ is one of the foundational achronim in our, in our canon. You've noticed, I'm careful who we bring and what we bring in and what hierarchy we bring them. The Nativ, who's the, uh, the son-in-law and the successor of, of Rebitzelah Valozhin. Rebitzelah Valozhin is the son of Reb Chaim Valozhin. Reb Chaim Valozhin is the Talmud of the Vilna Gon. So the Nativ is foundational for us. And the Nativ says the following, V'tzorich lo'ema dezeh eno elo knasa letzaref et hamavir mi'ayin hara b'ayin ro'o b'steacher. Wow, what? This is all about educating the mazik, not to have an ayin hara. Really? I thought this was laws of damages and payments and court cases and claims and counterclaims. We're learning the zikim, we're learning chish and mishpat. Nitziv, what are you bringing in the Musr here? Ayin hara, where's the ayin hara? 
Why is your animal in your neighbor's field? Because you want him to have less. That's ayin hara. In the old days, when I was young, they used to give a, a, explain the difference between a British worker and an American worker. It doesn't work anymore. They're all the same. And they used to say, so when an English worker sees his boss drive out in a, in a Rolls Royce, he would say to himself, next year, you're not going to be driving one of those. An American worker sees his boss driving around in a Cadillac, he would say, next year I'll be driving one of those too. But that was the difference in the, in the attitude of, the, of these different kinds. Ayin Hora. Ayin Hora is, I don't want you to have. I'm upset about what you've got. I'm looking at what you've got. I'm comparing myself to you all the time. That's Ayin Hora. And if you didn't have Ayin Hora, you wouldn't let your animal graze in somebody else's field. Asks the native the obvious question, but the POSIC's not only talking about if you send your animal into your friends. We're not talking about deliberate damage. We're talking about you busy uh, ha having a party in your house. You're entertaining your guests. You're having a siyum and masechta on tzede noshim. And while you're having the siyum, your animal walks out and starts grazing in your neighbor's field. You don't even know about it. You're still chayev. Ask the Nitzvah. That's got nothing to do with ayin hara. On the contrary, his neighbor is at his table enjoying the kid, enjoying the the seum with him. There's no ayin hora. Asau hakatuv keilu shilach. The Torah says no. If you allowed your, if you made it possible for your animal to go, it's as if you did it. You weren't careful enough. What did we say in the psich to say it in the zikin? It's all about zehirut. Zehirut This is all about Mesilis Yishorim. This is all the price of Rabbi Pilchas Ben Yoyer. It starts with considering consequence and realizing I'm sitting down to have a Sudas Mitzvah, we're having a Siyum and say the Noshim, where's my ox? Is my ox locked up? Am I sure that my ox can't break out and go into my neighbor's field and chas v'sholim? I will be damaging my neighbor. And we learned in the opening to Bava Kama, that's an isur. I'm not allowed to damage him. And so the Nitziv is, it says, And that's why if you look at the words in the Posuk, and that's why Rashi says, Even though it doesn't have to be that you actually did it, it's passive, but the wording is not passive. The wording is very active. Ki yav er ish, if you cause a field to be destroyed. And you send your animal in. But you're not sending it in. Your animal just wanders in. This is Shane Varegel. It's just natural for an animal to wander. No, says the Nitziv. If you haven't taken precautions to protect your animal, to protect your neighbor's field from your animal's natural urges, Kanso Hakatuv, the Torah punishes him with a knas, with a fine. That you have to pay $10,000, that's, that's Nizikin. But yeah, you have to realize the cash from your New York property. That's a knas. To train him, as the Nitziv says, How do you train him? You say to him, you look at your own property. His best property is in Arkansas. You've got a property in New York and you're looking at his and wondering why he's doing so well. Why don't you look at yourself and see what Atzlocha you've got? Look at your own success. Don't look at somebody else's success. Look at your own good fortune. Yeah, you've had some challenges up a, a, along the way. That's not the point. The point is you've also had Atzlocha along the way. Look at your Atzlocha. 
pay out of it is to focus your mind on what you've got, not on what he's got. Because that's iron horror. When you focus on what other people have got, that's iron horror. And says the Nitziv, we're training him, says not to have an iron horror, not to use it. Even though he didn't do it deliberately, says the Nitziv, subconsciously. If you really valued your friend's property, your ox would not have been roaming around free while you were having the seum. If you were having the seum and he was roaming around free, deep down in your subconscious, I mean, this could be Rabbi Sorol Salanta speaking, not the Rosh Hashiva of the Nesiv, of Aloja. If you, deep down in your subconscious, you don't care enough about his property. And that's why the Gemara says in, Bo, in Bova Basra, Asula Adam when a person's field is at its height, it's looking beautiful, don't stand nearby it. Don't go there. says, Because it's almost impossible that you won't give an eye horror, that you won't notice how well he's doing. Guard yourself, protect yourself from resenting the success of other people. That's what this, this posuk is about. That's what this piece of Gemara is about. That's what Rabbi Akiva is about. That's what the Rosh is about. And, the, and therefore says the Rosh, You've always got to look at the best, whether you're looking at the best of the Nizak or the best of your own. But always look at the best. Always see the Hatzlacha. And the Chizkuni on the next page, commenting on Rashi, This Limedcha Katuv Shanezikin Shamin Lehem Beidis. The Chizkuni is about 150 years after Rashi. And he explains a lot of Rishonim on the, on the Psukim, but Rashi particularly. And explaining this posseg where Rashi says this is a cosmic principle. Limedcha HaKosuv. Hainu Tamed Adam Rotzeh Bekav Shelo Yotem Bekavim Shel Chavero Vod Shari Shelo Mezuman Lovod Kedei Lahaziro Shelo Lahaziket Chavero. So as to train this person not to cause damage to your friend, to protect your property, to guard your property, to be careful about your property. And if that's what you've got to do with your, with your oxen and with your cows and your sheep, you've also got to do it with the animal inside each of us. We, all, we are all shepherds of wild animals. There's a wild animal in all of us that acts instinctually, that, that is driven by a survival instinct, that can easily become jealous and resentful. We've all got that part of us. We've got to be a shomer. The zikin is about being a chosid. It's not only about how you manage your finances. That the world could do, as the Ramban says, and the goyim are required to make laws, choshen mishpat laws. Uh, we could have done that without the Torah. We would have made laws of how to pay damages and how to compensate. That's not what the seder nizikin is about. Seder nizikin is about how to be a chosid in the way you run your business and even more important, in the way you run yourself. 